everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. You know, most people will admit to having issues, and we're not really shy about that. We'll say, you know, I've got a marriage issue. I've got an anger issue. I've got an issue at work. I've got an issue with my kids. Issues, issues, issues. We love to talk about our issues, but there's one issue that I could safely say that every single person has. We don't really think about it. We don't really describe it or pinpoint it, but Whether you find yourself at one of our different locations, whether you find yourself at one of our prison campuses, whether you're watching online or from another media platform, I'm just gonna tell you, I have this issue and so do you, yet we don't really admit it. What am I talking about? You're like, what are you saying, Ed? Well, we have, I have, a throne issue, and so do you. We have throne issues. Who is calling the shots? Who's running the show? Who's saying jump this high or walk this way? Who? is sovereignly ruling over your life and mine. That's a tough question because the implications are extremely interesting. Who's calling the shots, for example, in your marriage? in your relationship with your kids? Who's calling your shots, the shots of your life financially, behaviorally? Who, who, who? We've been reading through the entire Bible as a church. We've gone through the Old Testament, now we're in the New Testament, We've been looking at a lot of different figures, different personalities, men and women, but there's one personality that I wanna talk to you about today that is overt and also covert. This personality is behind the scenes, slithering in the shadows, but also he's up front. I wanna talk to you today about a personality that has some serious, serious throne issues, the devil. The devil, that's right, when I say the word the devil, AKA Satan, Lucifer, star of the morning, the curious and the concerned sort of lean in. I think in a crowd this size, most would go, okay, I, I believe in a personal Devil, I think most would say that. 
Others would be cynical, skeptical. You would say, well, maybe, but the evil in our world is due to a lack of education. The evil in our world is due to a damaged chromosome. The evil in our world is due to, I know, poverty. The evil in our world is about racism or power plays or faulty governments. All those things obviously aren't very good, but I want to argue the devil's case because I truly believe there is a dark, sinister, personal force wreaking havoc in our world today. And his whole agenda is this throne. He has throne issues. I remember the first time I ever discovered Google Earth, I was fascinated that you have a picture of the, the Earth on your computer screen, then with a couple of clicks, you can zoom in. I zoomed in to my house, and, and I thought it was a big deal when I found my house, and I got so close I could see some of the dogs lying in the driveway. I'm not sure if Google Earth is that great, or maybe my dogs are just great in size. I don't know, maybe a combination of the two. In today's talk that I'm calling Throne Issues, I want to zoom out and give you just an overarching picture of, of what we're dealing with in this world. And then at the end, I'm gonna get super close. So I'm gonna zoom in close enough to see the dogs in your driveway. Because it's high time that we exposed the, the tactics of the enemy. Throne issues. Who is Satan? The Bible says that Satan is a created being. He was in charge of worship in the heavenlies. Lucifer was his name, star of the morning. He gave glory and worship to God. He bowed to his throne. Because he's a created being, he has a freedom of choice and he chose to to rebel against God, to try to usurp God, to try to dethrone God and enthrone himself, he convinced a third of the angels to go in with him. His plan failed. He was kicked out of heaven to earth. A third of the angels, the demons, fell with him. Some of those immediately were slam dunked into hell. The others are free to roam and reign and mess us around. That's, that's pretty much his background. The devil is not equal to God. He's not all powerful, he's not omniscient, He's not omnipresent. His, his days are numbered. We've read the final chapter. We win. But 
His plan didn't work to try to usurp God, to try to take the throne in heaven. So when he was kicked down to planet Earth, now he's facing mankind and he's trying to accomplish through man what he didn't get done in heaven. He is trying to dethrone God and enthrone himself, so to speak, in your life and mine. The throne of your life is the intersection of the mind, emotions, and our will. The enemy knows if he can sit on your throne, better yet, if he can get you and me to sovereignly sit on our throne, it affects and it will affect our mind, our emotions, and our will, and we'll miss, check this out now, the purpose that God has for our life. The devil is about several things. Number one, he's about perversion. God has a gift, he has a counterfeit, always. Gift, counterfeit, gift, counterfeit, gift, counterfeit. He's trying to get you off purpose, and we're gonna find out he's, he tried to get Jesus off of his purpose as well. He's also about perversion, using a God-given gift in a God-forbidden way. A God-given desire in a way that's contrary to the way God wants you and me to run our lives. Adam and Eve were in the garden, everything was fine, everything was hunky-dory, and what, what did the devil do? He tried to, to get them to dethrone God and enthrone themselves. You know what's so funny is that the devil's ground game has been the same since his inception. It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or on welfare. It doesn't matter if you're a pro athlete. It doesn't matter if, if you work in technology. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are. The devil always uses the same tactics. It's super effective. I mean, his trophy room is unbelievable. But he uses the same strategy, the same template in your life and the same template in mine. It worked with Adam and Eve. The, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter three, verse six, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, and it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life. So his ground game, three steps. Temptation one, lust of the flesh. Temptation two, lust of the eyes. Temptation three, the pride of life. It's what Adam and Eve dealt with. And they messed up. They dethroned God and enthroned themselves and chaos resulted. First John chapter two, verse 16, it continues. For all that is in the world. I mean, this is it, okay? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. 
So the devil's fighting God in the heavenlies. That didn't work. So he moves his battle from the heavenlies to earth. He's fighting man now. Then man dethroned God, enthroned self. Satan began to sovereignly rule. He knew something that was up, the devil. He's smart. You know, the devil knows history better than we do because he's lived history. I mean, he's been there. So the devil thought, you know what? The Trinity is not going to sit back and chill. They're not going to, you know, say, well, too bad. It didn't work out. I'm going to do something else. I'm just going to nuke planet Earth. No, the devil knew that God is all about love and grace and mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation. He knew he was going to devise a brilliant plan, and we've seen it in our readings through the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, God sent Jesus, and his goal, his purpose, was to live a righteous life, to spill his blood on the cross for the iniquities of mankind, rising again, just as he said he would. Obviously, the death of death, thereby giving us an opportunity to be reconciled to God through Christ. So the devil was like, I'm going to fight that. So he began to search in all of the palaces. He thought the king of kings, the Messiah, would be born in a palace, but he snubbed the stables Jesus was born. Then he thought, oh man, I've done something great because I'll get Herod to take care of all the male children to kill them. That didn't work because Jesus and his family escaped. Then, when he was 30 years old, John the Baptist saw him and said, oh, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the devil's like, you've got to be kidding me. I thought I'd taken him out. Jesus was baptized. Have you ever thought about the baptism of Jesus? Have you ever thought about why, why would Jesus get baptized? I mean, sinless, he didn't need to be baptized. He was baptized because he wanted to identify, and he does identify with sinners. Baptism symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. In the baptism, it was a high point in Christ's life. You have God the Father saying, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. You have the son coming out of the water. Obviously, every baptism in the Bible was through and by immersion. Then you have the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus in the form of a dove. Obviously, filling him for this one-on-one -on -one battle on the heels of this holy moment with the devil. So the devil fought God. Are you tracking with me? He fought man. Now he's trying to fight God again. Jesus, he's trying to block Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That's what he's trying to do. So he's like, okay. Okay, okay, Jesus is, is, is 30 years old. He's gone public. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna take him out. 
This was after a spiritual high point. I want you to notice something. When we feel the most valuable, that's so often when we're the most vulnerable. The devil loves to attack when we're riding high. Oh, I've just closed the deal of my life. Oh, I've just preached the best sermon of my life. I've just taught the best lesson in my life. I've just coached the greatest game of my life. Whatever it is, that's when the enemy many times will come in. You see, I make the mistake of, of putting my blessing sometimes on ice. Do you ever do that? You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Okay, I'm blessed or whatever. Something good happens. Oh man, I'm on a roll. Lord, I'm, I'm walking with you. I've had a couple of really good months. So I'm gonna take those blessings and just ice them. And then I'll live, you know, kind of like I wanna live. I'll kind of put it on cruise control. And then when I need that, I'll just thaw that blessing out, you know? Well, well, it doesn't work that way. Think about the children of Israel back in the Old Testament. We read about them. God gave them and fed them just enough manna for that day. It's great to have blessings on ice and to look back and go, God bless me here, God bless me there. But day by day by day, we have to die to self and live for God. Because the bottom line is, the devil has a plan to take you out. He does. He wants you to miss your purpose. He has a plan to ruin your marriage. He has a plan to ruin my marriage. He has a plan to ruin your witness. He has a plan to mess your relationships up. He does. And what's so sly about him is it all has to do with the throne. He wants you to run the show. He wants you to call shots. And when you do so, and when I do so, we don't really realize it, we're trafficking with the enemy. Jesus leaves his baptism. He's out in the wilderness. For 40 days and 40 nights, he hadn't eaten or, or hadn't had any water, and the enemy comes after him. Three steps. The lust of the flesh, I call it fast food. The lust of the eyes, fast fame. And the pride of life, fast fortune. Again, all of our, all of our temptations are grouped in these three areas, every one of them. Every single one. And it all has to do with the throne. So what happened? A valuable moment, man, I'm the son of God. I'm starting my public ministry. I'm baptized by John the Baptist. Boom, I'm out in the wilderness now. But, but, but don't read here that Jesus was playing defense on his heels. The spirit led him out into the wilderness. I believe the spirit was like, all right, Satan, 
Give us your best shot. Jesus, though, was baptized to identify with us. The temptation was also to identify with us. He set aside his supernatural powers so he could rely on the power of the Holy Spirit of God during this temptation process. That's why when I go to Jesus and when you go to Jesus, we don't serve a sequestered savior, we serve someone who has been there. Every time we're tempted, it's an opportunity for us to glorify God. So it's not just a doggy downer. It's not just a time, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted. I feel depressed. You're gonna be tempted. I'm gonna be tempted. It's part of it. Yet it's an opportunity to glorify God, an opportunity to humble ourselves before him, and an opportunity to secure victory and confidence as we walk through it. The lust of the flesh, what is that? Matthew chapter four, verses one through four. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting, 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, a little doubt. I mean, wait a minute. God the father just said, this is my son. And now the enemy, if and the enemy takes a desire and just sprinkles a little doubt in there. The obvious application is sex. We're sexual creatures. Sex is given as a gift to all of us by the God of the universe. It's a great gift, a wonderful thing we have. I should use that gift the way God wants me to use it, within the context, the covenant of marriage. One man, one woman in marriage. The enemy, though, wants me to circumvent that. The enemy wants me, he wants you to go, you know what, I'm going to use this desire the way I want to use it. A legitimate desire in an illegitimate fashion. You have premarital sex. You have homosexuality, you have adultery, you have pornography, and ultimately it leads to chaos and devastation. We have to say, God, I submit every area of my life to you. Desires, passions, needs, and wants and, and I'm going to, to use those and leverage those the way you desire. Because Jesus came back at the devil with the only offensive weapon we have. The sword of the spirit. Man shall not live by bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The first Adam, think about this, was in paradise. He fumbled the ball. The second Adam was in the wilderness, hadn't eaten for 40 days and emerged sinless. The second temptation, the lust of the eyes. 
Matthew 4, 5 through 7. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. All these people milling around. The devil took Jesus to this, to the pinnacle. He said, Jesus, throw yourself down 450 feet. The angels will catch you like C.D. Lamb catches a pass from Dak. Just soft, perfectly in bounds. That's what'll happen. Just go ahead and do it. I mean, Jesus, you only have about two followers on social media. You can have more followers than Justin Bieber. Because when they see you do this, perform this supernatural, magical act, wow! I mean, you can circumvent the cross. See, see how the devil is working? Jesus, you have this desire to eat, that's good. Turn those stones into bread. They look like loaves of bread anyway. I mean, you're God, I think, that's what he said. Now he's like, throw yourself off the temple. I mean, everybody will rescue you. It was not the time for Jesus to declare all these things. He had to live, right? Then he had to suffer, right? Then he had to die, right? And rise again. He was after his purpose. So Jesus answered him, it's written, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Why, why are we reading the Bible anyway? Just to go, whoop, I've read through the Bible. Whoop, I've, I've, I've been disciplined 15 minutes a day. No, it's not the reason. There's power in the word of God. This is the word of God. You look at the temptation of Jesus. It is written, it is written, it is written. How did he know that? Because he read what is written and relied on that. The moment we stop relying on that, we open our mind, our emotions, and our will to the enemy himself. Well, here's another one, the pride of life. The devil takes him to a place where he shows him all of the kingdoms and the devil goes, hey Jesus, you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms. I wanna laugh at that because all the kingdoms Satan aren't yours to give anyway. Jesus said in Matthew chapter four, verse 10, away from me, Satan. And, and let, me, let me give you some advice. When you're in the throes of temptation, don't argue with Satan. Just step out of the argument and say, Satan, you, you can take that up with Jesus and God's word. And then it's over. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Satan couldn't get over this worship thing. Worship, worship, worship. Who are you worshiping? The devil wanted to worship. Worship the creature, not the creator. A battle for worship. So Jesus said, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him. And the angels came 
and attended him. There's two, there's two points of application as we get specific, as we zoom in. Let's call these the two dogs in the driveway. The first one is surrender. Surrender. We, we must each and every day surrender everything, tax, title, and license to Jesus. We have to say, Jesus, you sit on the throne of my life. And we have to realize that there's a battle for the throne. Because the devil wants to secure in your life what he didn't get done in heaven. He wants a victory in your life, a victory that he missed in heaven. So he's trying to get done on earth what he missed in heaven. Don't give him a micro victory because the micro victories turn into macro situations. Number two, study this word. Don't just read it, feed on it, and allow it to become a part of you. Use it each and every day as you're facing these, these temptations. Lisa drives in a very unusual way with the steering wheel like right here. It's almost like she's eating the steering wheel. <laughs> I don't know how, she's pretty tall, but you know, the, her car is programmed and it's just, I, I mean, I, I can't even hardly get in. So when I try to get in and drive her car, if I'm not thinking first, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like this. <laughs> ah! And I can barely just push the button. And then I can, right? I'm afraid that's a lot like our lives at certain times. Our lives are programmed, our seats are programmed only for our Savior. Yet we go, oh, hey, I'm, I'm gonna, Jesus, I'm gonna drive in my marriage. I'm gonna drive in my career. I'm gonna drive with my finances. Let me just, and it doesn't really work right. So it's my prayer each and every day that you would enthrone the Lord and dethrone yourself that you would see in your life the stakes are sky high, that you would see you're victorious, that you're more than conquerors, that you would humble yourself before God's mighty hand and see every temptation as an opportunity to glorify God. Because the issue, is the throne. Throne issues. Let's bow for prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this great church. Thank you 
for walking with us, for being our sympathetic Savior. Thank you for giving us strength in the midst of temptation. Thank you for not putting anything on us that you're not gonna give us the ability to come through. I thank you for your victory. I thank you for the confidence that comes in knowing you. I thank you for totally and completely identifying with us as you've died on the cross and risen again. So Father, may we enthrone you and surrender to you each and every day. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.